This episode of Cognitive Dissonance is brought to you by our patrons. You fucking rock. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. From wherever the fuck you found us, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome mat. Well, there's one welcome mat. It's outside the studio where Cecil gets to record. Oh, yeah. Look, it's looking good, too, oh, by the yeah. way. I just got to let right. you know. It's looking yeah. good. Looking, that studio is looking great The rest of us days. hunkering yeah. down in the isolation yeah. of our basements. <laughs> but we are not alone. No, nay. Not alone. Today, we are joined by none other than Seth Andrews. Seth, welcome to the show. Lo, I am with you always, even into the end <laughs> of the earth. <laughs> Seth, you got a new book coming out. What, and what, I'm tell here us all to about it. shamelessly yeah. shill for it. <laughs> <laughs> Plug away, my we friend. Jump Plug right away. In. We want to jump right in. So go ahead. I am trying to get the word out about this sucker. You know, for a couple of reasons. One of them is, and I'll be honest, hugely selfish. Like nobody puts a book out and says, I hope it fails. Right. I want it to succeed. <laughs> I, want, I want it to go out and make a, a ripple and to be part of the conversation. And that's really the second part is I feel like, especially now in this white hot political climate in the this weird, you know, big top circus that we found ourselves in spiraling toward November 3rd. <laughs> I, I, I want to talk about a culture that I came out of. The book is called Confessions of a Former Fox News Christian. And it's a reverse engineering of how I used to be that guy. You know, I was a total Bill O'Reilly and Sean Hannity and oh. Fox and oh. Friends guy. I was a Oof. Rush Limbaugh addict. I read Ann Coulter. I was this sort of, you know, God and guns. The founding fathers were all Jesus warriors, man. And this country <laughs> belongs to me and the seculars and the Democrats are coming for my freedoms and Screw Jesus. other nations. It's all about America. I mean, I was that guy. How Texan were you? That is. <laughs> I'm close. That I live in Oklahoma. Up. So Oklahoma, yeah. yeah. We're Texas's hat. Uh, yeah. and, it's yeah. like diet Texas right there. That's what that is. And yeah. Texas is our ass. So it really kind of works out. It's a tandem relationship. <laughs> so, you know, I wanted to go back and, and take a look at that. And to be a little more serious, to get into the nuts and bolts, where did Fox come from? These conservative power players obviously pushing right-wing, usually right-wing evangelical propaganda. How did this happen? What are the gears in the machine? We go back to the middle of the 20th century to sort of the formative uh, years in, in the Roger Ailes Republican 
propaganda machine. We get into the ties between Fox News and today's Trump White House. We get into the culture itself. Wait, there's a connection there? A little bit of a connection, (laughs) if you look real hard. Also, you know, I wanted to to get into things like um, the NRA. Where the hell did that come from? And how did they become a gun cult? And where did they go? today when they got dissolved. So anyway, um, yeah. Uh, but I want to I want to ask though, how long ago for you was this? Well, I was an atheist. I mean, I first said the word atheist in regard to myself in 2008. At that time, I was still a pretty okay. solid conservative. Like I, I emerged from my religious cocoon but I had not yet looked at all of my value system and philosophies without my God glasses, right? Because once you get out, then you go back and you're like, well, wait a minute. You know, my view on abortion was filtered through religion. My view on the death penalty was kind of an eye for an eye thing. It was based in conservative Christianity. My views on this and that and hell, even other nations around the world and the founding fathers and all that stuff. It was really rooted in Christianity. And that took another few years before I sort of sloughed off some of those. Uh, and, and it's funny because the people in my inner circle watching me are like, why, like who are you? Like, you don't even recognize the guy today as opposed to the guy back in 2007. Well, I bet not. So I mean, like, kind of I bet you like, you could tie your own shoes. You could button a shirt. I mean, the skills. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fucking around, obviously. I, I imagine some of those guys can tie a shoe. Uh, so, like, how big of an influence then was Fox News? Was Fox News, did Fox News, I'm, well, I've always been curious about this. Did Fox News um, influence your thinking or did it confirm existing thinking when you were in that no, world? No, it, it's both. And I wrote about that in in the book. It's it actually feeds on and feeds into the mindset all at the same time, right? It tells me all the time that I, as a, an American Christian, am under attack, right? It, it, the, the attack narrative is constant on yeah. Fox News. They're coming for your freedoms. They're coming for your God. They're coming for your guns. They're coming for America, you know? They and promise a lot of coming, so, but they never really get there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> never, I just yeah. never get to yeah, climax. It's, it's a bit of a disappointment. <laughs> so I'm listening to that, and it validates the persecution narrative I already have, and then it also sort of feeds into me this message of fear. Right, the amygdala fires up, and I'm like, oh my god, they really are coming, and it's this feedback loop. I'm on this hamster wheel of panic all the time. So it was both. It was both a conduit and an amplifier for what I was uh, already thinking. So when you became a, a a Democrat or when you moved over to the to to the left, did did you have to give up all of your guns at that time? And like, did how many guns did you lose in that process? I'm guessing. <laughs> Honestly, I still have a couple of <laughs> firearms. Too, that's why I, <laughs> I got a couple of fire, and, and that's something that I try to talk about. I know Nuance is dead on the internet, but you know, many people, when they hear about someone who owns a firearm in the United States, especially people in other countries, they just picture the, you know, the, oh, Seth's got a rusty red pickup truck with a Confederate flag flying and, and you know, a shotgun in the rack in the rear window and, you know, he's walking around in suspenders and no shirts <laughs> and, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> but the truth is there are millions upon millions of people who shoot for recreation. They even own 
a firearm, perhaps even for home protection. They're trained. They treat the weapon with the respect it deserves, with gun safes and proper training again and all those things. And they hate the NRA. Those gun owners exist, okay? We're not all those people on the YouTube fail army (laughs) videos, you know? We're not all those guys. The guy who shot his own cap off his head while he's checking a squib round or whatever. Yeah, it's not that guy. But my my perceptions really changed. It it used to be like, well, if if I was ever asked to surrender my firearms, I'm going to need my firearm because freedom. But I've come to the point now where I'm like, well, honestly, if the greater good demanded that we did like a national sort of roundup of firearms to make the world a safer place, if... If that was part of the national conversation and I had a social responsibility and a civic duty, I'd, I'd, I'd hand them in. I mean, I'm yep, okay with yeah, that. Yeah. And that's the big difference yeah. than, uh, you know, from the Seth 15 years ago, for sure. So I, I used to be a Republican myself too, years and years and years ago. I used to listen to, so I never watched Fox, Fox News, but I, I listened to Rush Limbaugh. I used to drive for a living and I listened to Rush Limbaugh a lot. And I remember listening to Rush Limbaugh quite a bit when he was uh, fighting against the, it was universal health care or something. It was Bill Clinton's plan back in the day when Bill Clinton had planned to create some sort of uh, 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 big health care bill and he was fighting against it. And I remember that it would, it would, what it would do, would, it would arm me with a, all the arguments against, right? It would, ar- ar- it would arm me with everything I needed for me to sort of march into battle and an ide- in sort of an ideological war with someone because it it listed out all the things that I needed to know and it, remo- it removed from the conversation, removed from the idea, all the stuff that was a little problematic, a little tricky, a little uh, the stuff that I might actually agree with. He never really mentioned, right? He only mentioned the stuff that would get me hot and moving. Do you find that that's sort of Fox's ideas too, that they sort of, they give you what you need to sort of uh, reinforce that that idea over and over and over again and give you sort of these ammo, this ammo to walk into a conversation? Well, I mean, I don't know if it fits in a box. I know with Rush Limbaugh, and I was a big listener as well, I, I know that I would, um, you know, he would, he would package it in a way that made it feel like a, a righteous crusade, right? And so when we opposed the healthcare bill during the Clinton administration and Hillary was involved heavily in that. We opposed Hillary. You know, it became really about the enemy. Well, Hillary's behind it. Oh my God. You know, you, you don't, and, and we also saw that any sort of nationalized anything was aligned with communism, which was aligned with the Soviet Union of the Cold War era. I mean, there's a whole culture of people that see that if you are if you are working under any sort of a, a, a national or socialist model, you are emulating a worship of the state, which was part of a big panic throughout the 20th century. It's something that, you know, we used to call ourselves one nation under God against the godless Soviet Union, against godless China, because they worship the state. And so there's this weird panic about anything that consolidates the nation as part of a social exercise where the government is involved. I understand being nervous 
about government waste and corruption. But, you know, if you want to see waste and corruption, you can look at the private sector as well. And by the way, look at all the other social shit that we do. I mean, you're driving on highways, your kids are in public schools, yeah. all these other things that people are like, well, well, that's different. Yeah. That's a different yeah, type it's of different social. Because exactly. I don't have, because I want that. That's the reason it's yeah. different is I want that. And that's what makes <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, you, you mentioned Hillary there. And I, and I, I can't help but think that that sort of thing spawned a whole new way to look at politics, which is very team-based and very anti-people yeah. rather than, than idealistic. You know, like thinking about the ideas that a the group is espousing rather than I dislike this person, I dislike this person. So it's it's really interesting. There's, I think that's I think that Hillary was the first that I remember. I don't know that it's always been that way, but Hillary is the first that I remember. Well, you know, Trump has been effective by embedding crooked Hillary, yeah. crooked Hillary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every time he repeats it, fake news, fake news, sleepy Joe, sleep me. He's got these little catchphrases. And the one thing he does effectively, especially to the MAGA base is that kind of stuff just replicates in their brain. It just brands itself into their memory. And so now when they see Hillary, they see crooked Hillary in that way. It's I don't think, I don't think he's a genius. I I, think, I was going to say it's ingenious. I don't, that's not a word I would use with Donald Trump. But you, but you know what I'm trying to say? I heard somebody say the other day that I'm aghast at a culture that will believe every rumor about Hillary and discard yep. every fact yep. about Donald yeah. Trump. Yeah. Yeah. That is the, that's where we are. My own mother, all right, <laughs> now, she unfriended me on Facebook because I'm such a, a liberal heathen and she just couldn't stand all the stuff I was posting. And I get that. I mean, that's totally fine. But my own mother says, oh, I'm out. She unfriends yeah. her son. <laughs> that's so funny. But my wife... My wife is still a, a friend of her and she comes in and she goes, you should see the shit your mom just posted. I said, okay, fine. So she pulls it up and it's this, it's this conspiracy theory that's running rampant among uh, MAGA I think I conservatives know what you're talking about. Yeah. that Fauci yeah. and yeah. Bill Gates yeah. room together at Cornell. Yeah, no. seen yeah I've seen it and it's, it's a hundred percent false. Fauci and Bill Gates room together at Cornell. They never went to school together. Uh, Bill Gates, like, you know, there's like there's like six different things that they assert, and not a single thing is true. Like Fauci would have had to have been eight years old. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, um, Bill Gates. Uh, Bill, Bill Gates, Gates would have had yeah. to have been eight years old if they roomed together at Cornell. Fauci never went to Cornell. <laughs> they said that Fauci used to be the CEO of a pharmaceutical company. He never was. They had George Soros, yeah, who the, was working for the Nazi oh Party God. behind this company that gassed the Jews during the Holocaust, which is now behind all the vaccine stuff. And I'm like, George Soros was a, he, he was a Hungarian Jew who escaped. <laughs> I mean, uh, totally, it would have taken <laughs> a 12 second Google search of the uh, biographies of the major players to debunk this. But that's not what my mother's interested in, yeah. right? She's interested in they're coming for us. They're yeah. coming for us. They're coming for us. It's all part of this apocalyptic Illuminati star chamber, one yeah. world government narrative, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so the best part about it is where they talk about Fauci in this. And I posted it. I, I, I'll post the link on this week's show notes. But the uh, the best part is when they talk about Fauci, they basically say that Fauci and this corporation, this uh, Moderna, uh, were linked. And the thing is, is that Fauci's been working in the same job since the nineties or something or the eighties even. Yeah, and he, yeah. in 2000, like 10 or 14, this company was created. <laughs> so he had no way that he could be positive. It's, it's so funny. The Snopes of it is hilarious because it basically just says every single thing is false. Every single thing. And I saw it this week. And what's funny, Seth, is 
someone that I know who's a Trump supporter posted that. This oh my week God. Too. And it's because it's, it's shared, but the, it, you're right. It confirms the worldview. It just 100% confirms what they're going to say and, or think. And so they, they don't even bother to look it up because it, to them, it makes them, it makes them feel like they're, they're validated. And the, the worst part about that whole thing, when you get to the end, there's no real conclusion. It's just sort of a bunch of conspiracy facts. And then it just, it just, there's nothing there. It just, I mean, I think it's trying to tell you not to get to, to take the yeah. vaccine eventually. Draw your own but conclusions. You know, I, yeah, yeah, but it's, it's one of those, it's, <laughs> it's one of those connect the dots, sheeple. Yeah, and you're it, like, but I don't yeah. know where they go. I don't know what it makes when it's, it's over. It's the conspiracy you know? theory of, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Most of those posts usually end up with the words, wake up. Yeah. You know, and wake it up. Does. Or, that was, I just was reading it. It's like, are you awake now? Like, are you paying attention? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, yeah. I write about in the book, there are, I mean, I'm not a brain scientist, but I'm leaning on brain scientists who actually have gone into sort of how conservatives think as opposed to non-conservatives. And there are trends. Now, obviously, there are going to be many exceptions to the, to the trend or the rule. But brain studies have found that there is a greater fear response among people who vote conservative. They're more tribalistic. They're more xenophobic. They're more about routine. They do not like change. They are more averse to the other. Makes they sense. travel less. They experiment less. It, there are specific things about their brain, even the way the amygdala fires, the way the amygdala reacts to fear. Fear is a powerful emotion. There is some brain science revealing that among many hardcore conservatives, they are simply more afraid. I found that tremendously enlightening. And it explains a lot of how people operate because you, know, you got a network like Fox and you got people like Rush and Michael Savage and everybody tapping all the time on those fears. You know what? America is on the ropes, man. It's the end. If, you know, Christianity is going away, your freedom's going away, it's all going away, it's the end of the world. People then do what? They rally behind a savior yep. figure. Yep. Hello, yeah. orange twat waffle, yeah. <laughs> Don and Donald Trump. Right? He steps in and says what at the 2016 convention? He says, I alone can fix it, right? It's a godlike position, mm -hmm, sure. an authoritarian model that who then jumps behind? People who are religious conservatives who are trained to respond to authoritarian language. There's a whole lot of gears in that machine, but I did uh, run across some interesting stuff for sure. You know, it, it's, it's interesting how much of the right-wing narrative is like, we're going to take away our freedoms so we better install this authority to be in charge of us so that we can maintain our freedom. I want my freedom, damn it. <laughs> Will you please be my king so I can have my freedom? <laughs> no, no, no. My favorite is this one. My favorite is this is the greatest country on the face oh, of the my, planet. Yeah. And I have to have an AR-15 in case I have to rise up against my government when it turns on me. I'll be honest, after the after Portland, I'm starting to think maybe the AR-15, I might not want to give it up. You know what I mean? Whether it's stuffing people in cars and, you know, it's weird because you're right. They have this idea that authoritarianism is bad for the most part until it's their guy and then they're all on board, right? Yeah. They don't want it. You, you listen to them talk about Obama, not a single one of them said he was chosen by God, but every single one of them says constantly that Trump is chosen by God. I, I talked a little bit about the fact-free claims that we are the greatest country on the face of the earth. This is like we're number one, right? We're always chest thumping. Yeah. And so I actually went through 
some of the major metrics. I'm like, so if oh, you go no. up oh. to someone and they, <laughs> and oh, I get it. I've like had you're the same for argument. Home team. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm rooting for the United States. I want us to be a winner. I want us to be great and to achieve greatness. I'd love us to be number one in every metric. So I'm not against my own country, but I'm also like, just, just the act of saying we're the greatest does not make us the greatest. So by what metric do you say that? Is it cost of living? No. Median income? No. Average lifespan? No. Peacefulness or the amount of war in your culture? No. <laughs> yeah. You know, in every, almost every metric, we yeah. just fail. Education, we're, we fail tremendously. Yeah. And it doesn't maybe make any difference because best, once you've made... Seth. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe failing. we're, maybe failing. we're amazingly yeah. awesome at failing. <laughs> We are, we are number one in the world at national pride. That is what we are number oh, we're sense, right? one at saying we're number one. I, and I found that extremely I want to get a big waving finger that just says pride and pride. Just I'm proud of my yeah. pride. <laughs> what I'm, fuck it, I'm all about just being all about it. That's what I am. <laughs> you know, how, how does loving your own country, why do you have to cheat other nations? Like why can't I laud and even love other places, other regions, nations, cultures. Why does it have to be an either or thing? Which was common when I was a, a hardcore Republican. It was always like, you know what? It's my tribe inside these borders. Yeah. If it if it happens here, it matters. If it happens yeah. over there, what do I care? It's a yeah. tremendously insular, cocoonish way of looking at things. Well, what's the okay, so you got out of it. A lot of people do. You know, people people change, they change their minds. Um, you know, we we live in a culture right now that um, that I, I know sometimes I feel like we, we don't forgive people who change their minds enough. I think we should be more forgiving to people who see the facts, see something, and then make a decision on uh, a, a better decision than, than, than the position they had before. How do we change minds? How do we, you know, you, your mind changed. How do we change people's minds to get them away from this sort of thing? Do you have any ideas on that? It's interesting because uh, I was asked this question the other day and you caught me at kind of a bad time because... <laughs> I, I'm not going to tell you that I've given up because I'm never going to give up. But after the long, unbelievable, jaw-dropping, language does not describe the comical awfulness of the Trump presidency. Like, yeah. I, I was naive at first. When he was first elected, I thought, well, yeah, all right. Well, after a couple of months of this, people are going to have had enough. And they're going to be like, oh, screw this. We totally made a mistake. And then after the next few months happened and, you know, no, no, you know, they'll come to their senses. Here we are after 20,000 documented lies or misstatements after all. Did you guys see the Axios oh, yes. interview Absolutely, with Jonathan yeah. Swan, oh, yeah. who, by the way, deserves a stiff drink and a Pulitzer yeah. for the 30 minutes <laughs> that, that he He's one Donald of the few Trump. people to ask follow-up questions. I know. It's crazy. You know, he didn't it's let him off the yeah. hook. I mean, he, he did yeah. let him gish gallop a little bit, but I, 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 Quite frankly, I've, I still think the conversations need to happen. I still think people need to be challenged because quite frankly, these, first of all, the MAGA Republicans that I am in contact with, and I live in Oklahoma, they're everywhere. If Donald Trump, if he met them, would hold them in contempt. Like he would hate their guts. He wouldn't give them the time of day and all that type of stuff. Also, one of the conversations I'm having is, 
Okay, look, if your husband was a pathological liar and if he was a predator who was putting his hands on his own daughter's ass and, and if he bilked college students out of money and cheated a charity and faked his autobiography and did all these things, blah, blah, blah. How would you feel about, would you stay with, no, I wouldn't stay with that person. What if your son was like that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I wouldn't want to train my child up to be that way. No, no, no. Well, how about your president? Well, yeah. you know, the Lord sometimes uses flawed people to do his will. I, I got to say, so like, my true. favorite thing, if there is a favorite thing, that's a pretty low favorite, but still, yeah. uh, is the defense of Donald Trump as, because they never come out anymore, they're unable, even, even the most ardent supporters, for the most part, are unable to just say, that is a good man. Instead, they're just like, okay. All right, but sometimes <laughs> what God will do yeah. is he'll send in like a piece of dog shit, and then you slip on that dog yeah. shit and you hit your head, and that's when you realize yeah. on your road to Damascus. So, you know, sometimes, like, they have to use the most, like, crazy roundabout, like, you know, God uses you know imperfect what? If, vessels of language. It's amazing. ISIS attacks us, and they, while they're running at us, they slip on the dog shit. Then dog shit is <laughs> yeah, a really right. beneficial thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm pro-dog yeah. shit. Like, I would eat a dog shit sandwich now <laughs> yeah. because, yeah, God yeah. made dog— It's. I mean, it's seriously, the, the amount of fucking mental gymnastics and the fucking backflip bullshit that has to be done in order for them to be like, all right, you know, I recognize yeah. that he's— because they all universally are at some point in their value system forced to be like, all right, now that one I didn't get. Like, that one I don't agree with. Like, I, I can <laughs> forgive this if, if we're going to tie it to religion, right? Yeah. You, you got the Franklin Grahams, the Robert Jefferses, you got Paula White, all the evangelicals who are just tab dancing over the state church line and romping through the White House on taxpayer money. And and what was that line from Trump? Was it today where he said that Biden was going to hurt God? Yeah. I was like, holy shit. I, did, I, I didn't realize Biden had those types of powers. You know, I, that's new. <laughs> well, he can drink me. a I glass mean, of water. Might, I, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking Biden might smell God's hair. But other than that, I don't know that he's going to hurt him. Um, I want to I ask you, though, Seth, and this is, I think, you know, maybe I've never heard your origins story, but what shook you up? What got you to think differently? What changed your mind? And is that something we can use to maybe help us in this, in this struggle? Well, that's, it's good that you brought me back full circle because the truth is, is that there's a line out there as a meme or something that says you can't reason someone out of something they weren't reasoned into to begin with. That's total horseshit, by the way. I hate that meme. I was reasoned out of my unreasonable faith. Okay. Mm -hmm. People are reasoned out of religion or bad ideas all the time. So please, if you see that meme, counter it, dump it, delete it, don't spread it. It's, it's just a bad idea. Um, for me, it was a lot of, it was a couple of big things. You know, back when I was in Christian radio, there was a Christian artist, Rich Mullins, who was killed in a car wreck and I was supposed to go on the air on the radio that morning and talk about how, you know, God called him home. And this is all part of a great plan. And under the surface, I was thinking, what the hell? This makes no <laughs> sense, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't understand what God is trying to accomplish here. Right. It looks like we're just creating the happy ending we need to kind of deal with it. And, and uh, you know, my best friend came out as gay in the mid-1990s. It traumatized me because I was very anti-gay and I had to actually start to distance myself from those verses in the Bible. And, and 9-11 was big. And so I was found myself slowly sort of stair-stepping away from fundamentalism. But when I was in my 30s, I think I finally just got tired of people telling me to fake it till you make it, right? I, I just like, 
I, I'm t I don't want to just believe, man. I want to know. And I stumbled upon this video by Christopher Hitchens. He was debating a rabbi in New York. I know this one. I don't know anything about Hitchens, right? But I figure, well, if anyone can pitch God and win the argument, going to be the good rabbi. I'm not Jewish, but I think the rabbis probably got this one. And at the end of 90 minutes, Christopher Hitchens had whitewashed this man <laughs> to <laughs> yeah. biblical proportions. Yeah. And I thought, holy shit, what happens when the guy I'm supposed to oppose is the one who makes the most sense? And that started me down the rabbit hole, man. And at the end of the year, I realized that there was nothing there. I reread the Bible, realized there was nothing there, looked at the other religions, realized there was nothing there. And, you know, it was a long, arduous journey. And, and a lot of it's, you know, the consequences, right? Because once you walk away, what else is going to fall? Who are you going to lose? What are your parents going to say? Will you lose your job if your boss is a believer? All those types of things were going on. So I wrote about it in my autobiography, Deconverted, if anybody's interested. But I, I guess the short answer is, is that I, I just got fed up with being told I'm supposed to take somebody else's word for it, you know? So I, yeah. I, I have a question about your your new book too. So, so that, and it ties in perfectly with the story. So when you watch, have you gone to church since you've been deconverted? I've only been in a church for weddings and funerals. That's Have you it. watched Fox since you've been deconverted? Since you've like I, come know, out of this I, mindset? I did before. I mean, I ditched cable. Now I'm one of those cats that I just, I just made up for my huge cable bill by paying a shit ton of money, money for 15 different streaming services. <laughs> right, same thing. Yeah, that's all of us. Well, yeah. I cut the cord. Now I have 12 different cords. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, yeah. Oh, I'm not paying 120 bucks a month for TV. And then I've got <laughs> yeah, seven or eight different. Yeah, yeah you are. Uh, but I do watch, I, I watch the, the segments that are posted and I try to watch them in their entirety so that I'm not just cherry picking, but it's hard, man. It's, you know, it's, it's hard to watch Tucker Carlson. I oh. mean, there was a segment and I write about this in the book uh, from a few years ago where he was railing on his show about the evils of the metric system. <laughs> yeah, 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 Wait, yeah. what? He called it the, he called it the tyranny of the metric system. <laughs> And I'm like, how desperate are you for a villain? <laughs> First came the centimeters and they said nothing. <laughs> First they came for your yardstick, yeah. right? It was unbelievable. You know, Ainsley Earhart is part of the Fox and Friends Morning Show. She's written, a, she hosts a Bible study on Fox Nation. Uh, you've got uh, Sean Hannity. He's co-sponsoring some of those Kevin Sorbo religious films that are out there. The really bad pure they are Hercules like yeah, films. Yeah, yeah. In how bad they are. Yeah, yeah, I think he even guest starred in one of those movies. And and you know, and there are tons of ties to the evangelical right in this sort of Christian nation narrative, which does what? Essentially, it renders everybody who's not a Christian a second-class citizen. If you're not a Christian, you you can't be a good person. You certainly can't be a good American. And um, you know, I I I watch it as much as I can stomach to be aware of what they're doing. But honestly, I mean, it doesn't take long before you realize that they're they're doing what they've been doing since 1996. So, so Seth. 
I know people uh, send you messages. I know we get messages um, from people uh, that did sort of walk away from religion. I mean, I'm sure you receive way more than we do since you're probably a lot more of a transitional show for people who are just sort of starting to pick up atheism. We're more, you know, if you want to make fun of stuff, come find us. But you're certainly more uh, approachable when someone is still a quasi-believer. So I'm sure you've received a lot of different uh, messages from people. So I think that it's it, it's evident that reason does work. I mean, I think it's evident as even in just the few messages that we get, reason does work. And so I hope that we, I hope that people read your book and they don't give up on yeah. this sort of, uh, you know, g- give up on, you know, those people aren't reachable. You know, that's what I hope. Well, I, I do know this. The shouting is getting us nowhere, right? All the screaming at each other has not produced fruit if I can be biblical for just a second, (laughs) it just causes people to double down. You know, they're, they get in a defensive posture and I really think conversations, we're going to win this battle in the arena of ideas. And there are so many examples of people who hold extreme views, who were talked out of those extreme views. I was speaking the other day about Dia Khan. She's a documentary filmmaker, a Muslim woman. And she decides to kind of try to find out what's going on in the white supremacy movement. So she contacts these skinhead KKK guys and say, look, hey, would you talk to me on camera and manages to get in their living room sitting four feet across from them. And instead of them being like at some protest where everybody's throwing bottles and doubling down and nothing ever gets solved and it usually gets violent and crazy, she created an incredibly human moment where she was having a conversation. Do you think I'm less than a human being? Do you think I should be evicted from my home? Would you personally kick me out of this country? Why would you do that? And it's amazing because some of these guys who were so used to, I mean, they're ready for the protest on the street. They're not ready for the human moment. Like one guy had to stop the interview. He just tilted right really? there. And by the time the, it's called White Right. It's on Netflix. The documentary is also on YouTube. By the time the thing officially released, a couple of the guys, these hardcore hate group, white supremacist guys, actually left the group. And I believe at least one of them started a recovery group to help wow. get other people. Wow. And that started not with milkshaking people and throwing rocks and F-bombs and everything. It began by humanizing these issues and having a conversation. I know it's not popular among some people, but I just think it, we're going to have to defeat bad ideas with better ideas. So. I mean, there's a time for a hard stand. I mean, I'm not saying uh, that we should all sit around and try to be kumbaya with the most toxic people in the world. But it was Ryan Cragen at the University of Tampa. He's a sociologist. And he was talking about what's one of the major contributing factors for people to actually change their mind. And the number one in his research was changing their social circle, right? If everybody around me is a Fox News Christian, that's my normal. That's my world. Then I'm never introduced to another idea. And it's only when I meet somebody who's different than me, who thinks differently, who votes differently, who acts and talks and and worships and whatever differently than me, it humanizes them. That's when conversations begin. And so I, I really do think, you know, we need to be interacting with those we disagree with. And we also need to be showing them a loud, proud example of what the opposition looks like that is not the caricature that they've been taught to fear. You know, I... I never believed that up until very recently. 
I never believed that at all until very recently. I used to I used to say all the time like no quarter for bigots. Like and the, my idea was that you know if if bigots had no place socially and otherwise uh, otherwise to go to feel welcome that they would be forced then into re-examining those ideas, right? If their friends and their family and their coworkers, if they just kept getting excluded from those spaces, that they would then find themselves in the uncomfortable position of being forced to re-examine those ideas. Um, and otherwise they would be marginalized. And so you wouldn't have, they would, they would lose power. They would lose power in society. And I don't believe that anymore because the internet has changed that, right? Now, people with marginal ideas can just find other people in new spaces to reinforce and echo chamber those ideas. So if I have a terrible set of ideas, I don't have to bring it into the real world. I can live in an entirely insular online space that simply reinforces those ideas. So you cannot create a no quarter for bigots plan. It just is, it's not, it's not effective. And I, I think that I've, I've come around to what you were just talking about. Like you, you have to, you have to sort of fight fire with not more fire, you know, it's just, it's not, it's not effective. It doesn't, it doesn't accomplish very much. Well, I don't have a magic bullet. I mean, honestly, uh, in some ways, like for November, I'm really not spending my time trying to convince oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, MAGA yeah. Republicans. Sure. I want to push through them, right? I want to, I want goodness and humanism and the constitution and the rule of law and all those. I, I just figure I want us to just push through them and overwhelm them in terms of numbers and influence to effect positive change in November. My focus really isn't on them because I'll admit to being discouraged yeah. by, the, it's really a cult. You know, Stephen yeah. Hassan has a book called The Cult of Trump, and it's very cult-like, yeah. this yeah, allegiance sure. to the man. For sure, you know. Yeah, so Seth, uh, tell people where they can uh, can find the book, and you said it's coming out on audiobooks then. Yeah, the audiobook will be out uh any moment. I thought it'd be out a couple of days ago, but it, you know, it, it, it should be out here by mid-August easily at audible.com. But you can find everything, all the links, uh, including the audiobook when it comes out. Just go to my personal website. It's all there on the homepage, sethandrews.com. And, you know, I hope you like it and, you know, buy a copy for the Fox News lover in your life. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Seth. You bet. Wait a minute. You have to go by where, look, here is the United States. You have to go by the look. cases, what's called science. We have more cases. Don't we get credit for that? Well, well we show more cases. They are dying. That's true. And you ha it is what it is. Now it's going down again. Uh, and, you know, there are those that say the world is so very... So Tom, I wanted to talk again about the Lincoln Project. Uh, they came out with another ad that I want to play. It's uh, it's about Jared Kushner. And I'm glad, here's the thing. I'm just glad somebody is talking about Jared Kushner. Because <laughs> like, when, when, when he does things in the government, I always think, who hired this guy? Where did he get, how did he even get his job? I don't even get it. So, uh, so I want to play this clip. This right. is uh, this is from the Lincoln Project. This is uh, this is their newest ad on Jared Kushner. President Trump gives lots of jobs to his son-in-law Jared Kushner. Insiders whisper he may be even more powerful than Trump. But like his father-in-law, Jared's not up to the task. This pampered princeling has never met a problem he couldn't f up. Take the COVID response <laughs> Trump assigned Jared to handle. 
150,000 people dead and an economy in ruins. That, but by July, uh, the country's really rocking again. His task force put Trump cronies first. And of course, Jared's family cashed in on bailout money. No surprise from the son of a convicted felon and slumlord who served time in prison. Jared's a perfect fit for this White House. But if you've ever wondered whether this president took COVID-19 seriously, look no further than who he put in charge of protecting America's health. Jared Kushner, Trump's secretary of failure. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. Uh, my favorite so how do they really feel? Oh gosh, Tom, is so good. But one of my favorite parts about it is when it starts out at the very beginning, and it's clearly trying to piss Trump off by saying that maybe he's even more, more powerful. powerful. <laughs> I love it so much. Oh, it's so bitchy. It's so bitchy. I love it. I can't. I, I watched it earlier and uh, it's on the heels of an article that came out this week uh, that Jared Kushner, some some advisors, high level advisors and Jared Kushner had, had agreed to sort of not go into trying to fix any coronavirus problems because they figured it was just going to be a blue state problem and they were going to blame those governors and blame those blue states. Yeah, they were going to use the deaths of American citizens in a horrifying pandemic as a political ploy yeah. to maintain political power. Like that's, yeah. that is, God, you know, if you ever, if you ever was thinking, man, maybe I'm too cynical these days. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? <laughs> I don't think you are. Yeah. I don't think it's possible anymore to be too cynical. Now, when it when it came out earlier, I couldn't believe that they had said it out loud. The thing that the thing that's crazy about it is you just got to say out loud, it's a virus. We have no there it's not like it's not like when I leave Illinois, I have to go through a checkpoint to get to Gary, Indiana. I just drive over an interstate. I pay I pay to I either pay for the Skyway or I take I-80 and there's nothing to stop me from entering another state. The states have you have free reign to go literally in any of the states in our nation. And so the idea that somehow the Rona is just going to stop like a fucking mime at the wall, holding its palms, pressing forward, moving its head back and forth, trying to get through the invisible barrier that is the border of Indiana, Illinois, is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And like, what happens to the virus when it gets to a purple state? Is it allowed in, yeah. but like, just not all of its friends? Yeah. It only goes to the large metro areas. All the rural areas oh, there are we spared. Go. Yeah, that's how it goes it works. to anywhere that there's a college yeah. and a library. Yeah, that's oh god. Like, is you know, you you could ask yourself, like, hey, is there a college you want to attend and a museum? Because if there is, it's probably blue. <laughs> like, if there's like a museum. Like, if, like there's, a, you know, if there's going to be a lecture somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Does somebody have a PhD and is there a painting uh, on the wall that didn't come from Thomas Kincaid? If that's the <laughs> answer. <laughs> you know, when I see these ads, though, and we talked about the Lincoln Project a couple weeks ago and some people gave us some guff and said, you know, the Lincoln Project isn't your friend. And I don't think they're our friend. I don't, don't, don't misunderstand. Um, I treat the Lincoln Project like I treat Riddick and Plitch Black. It's a necessary evil, right? Yeah. <laughs> Riddick in Pitch Black, he's going he's gonna to do all the things I need him to do. He's going to do all the dirty work I need him to do. But I, I'll tell you this, 
I need him to fight tombs to kill tombs on the side. <laughs> I need him to I need him to pull his pull his fucking his goggles back and show me the way back to the ship. But as soon as I get the opportunity, just like with the Lincoln Project, I'm gonna put him in the fucking airlock and I'm gonna shoot him off into space. Don't get me wrong; <laughs> these aren't my allies. These aren't people I want at the table. But they will go low enough in in really big ways. They go really low against Trump. They yeah. they go, and that's the thing is you can pull your yourself away from it as in politics and say, wow, that Lincoln project, they're really giving it to Trump, but they're not part of your party. It's kind of a huge gift. Yeah. It's, it's an enemy of my enemy moment. Exactly. That's, that's all yeah. it is. You look yeah. at him, you're like, it's like, it's like you're fighting alongside and you look over, you're like, all right, Russia. Yeah. You can help us beat Germany. But when this is over, we are not like, mm, no, uh, we we you have we have some things to talk about when this is all over. But let's kick Germany's ass first. Like yeah. it really is exactly. It's an enemy of my enemy moment. Like yeah, I don't support a lot of the Lincoln Project's ideals, but like their big ideal right now, which is getting rid of Trump, I couldn't support anything more yeah. than that right now. I have never cared about an election more and cared less about the person I want to win. Yeah, I don't care at all about Biden at all. I yeah. don't care about him. I don't like, I spend none of my efforts thinking about like, gee, what's he up to these days? Uh, let's, let's really talk about Biden's platform. I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to say, I don't give a fuck. Like, is he not Trump? Yeah. All right. Good enough for me. I would vote for a toothbrush that needed to be replaced. Yeah. Cecil. <laughs> I would vote. <laughs> I vote for a dead lithium ion battery. <laughs> One that won't even take a charge anymore. It's just at this point, at this point though, I, I definitely feel like, you know, attack ads work. Attack ads definitely work. And I think the more uh, that they 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 make him, and they definitely make him angry, right? They oh, definitely yeah, make he's Trump angry. the thinnest skin motherfucker on the planet. Yeah, super th thin skin. And so I feel, and, and this week was the first attack ad I saw about uh, Trump. And it, it's in reference to, uh, this is from Bi the Biden camp and it was in reference and I'm sure there's been others, but I haven't seen them yet. Right. So this is the first one I've, I saw. So I'm qualifying with it, it passed over my eyes. I'm not saying they don't exist, but I am yeah, saying right. this is the first one first I saw. One you saw. And it was about the interview this week with Axios, which we will be talking about on the live stream later on tonight. And if you missed uh, if you missed the live stream, you could go check it out. We're doing a review of the Axios interview that aired on HBO uh, with uh, with Trump. And it's a we, Tom and I watched the full 45 minutes. We're going to watch selected clips of it tonight. But uh, but really, uh, the, the, the ad is based around one sentence that he says, which you knew was a huge gaffe when he said it in the interview, which is, He's talking about 150 deaths and Trump <laughs> says it is what it is. And it's it's based around Trump trying to get out of the 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 blame for it. But he says it is what it is and they take that and they run with it. And and it's it's perfect in that sense because you know, you couldn't imagine another leader saying that out loud. And so I think that it's it's these attack ads that are coming out now. It's you know, I'm, maybe I might not have been so great about him 10 or 15 years ago, but at this point, I'm just thinking anything that will change anyone's mind to not vote for this guy or even just stay home if you yeah. were going to vote for him is I'm better right for me. That. Yeah. Yeah. Look, if, 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 you're, if you're leaning right, I don't need you to lean left. I just need you to lean home. 
Yeah, like that's, just stay that's home. good enough for me. Yeah. Like just stay home. Don't don't come out and play. Yeah. Vote for Jill Stein. You know, <laughs> I don't give a shit. All right. The reason why the coronavirus started because of pussy ass Batman. Why? Because he's a bitch. They fought one on one. Joker beat up a Batman impersonator. Yeah. Yeah. You know what No. Would you fight any Batman impersonators? Yeah. Or any Robin impersonator. You don't like Robin? Nah. I'll kill him. So holy shit, Cecil. Like, I, I know, like, there's a lot of podcasts in the world that have, like, a Florida man segment. And I actually try to avoid that shit because, like, it's a little repetitive. But every once in a while, you watch a video and you think, holy fuck, now we've got zombies. Yeah. Now we have zombies attacking us. 2020 has come around. All right, oh, so yeah. here it is. I'm sure a lot of people have seen this video. It's from Click Orlando, but you can find it fucking anywhere. Man beats on windshield of moving semi on Florida's turnpike for miles. So this dude jumped over like one of the like retaining wall things and like ran out toward traffic. And this trucker slows down because this like, guy's like fucking half naked. And he's like, hey, what's going on? And the dude like jumps onto the man's truck and has some kind of an implement and is bashing at the yep. man's windshield. Smashes his window. Yeah. So the trucker's like, what the fuck? I was trying to help. And yeah. so he hits the gas. And then this guy is clinging to the front of the truck for nine miles. <laughs> nine miles. And the trucker is shaking and like yeah. wiggling and like trying the to throw this not, dude off. Yeah. The trucker is not doing this passively, right? He's no. not just driving down the road and once in a while, like lifting his cup of coffee and tipping it at the guy <laughs> in his front of his window. He's actively trying to shake this guy off his car like an action movie. Yeah. It's like, seriously, it's like from Matrix 2. You know, yeah. like like if he had jumped onto the truck and the truck had crumpled somehow <laughs> beneath his weight. <laughs> how amazing. Uh, like uh, it was I mean, it is the craziest shit. It seriously looks like fast zombies attacking a truck. There's so many things that happen day to day. This last week, I'm sure everyone in the world has saw this explosion in Beirut. Holy right? shit. That, that was, was an insane, explosion. insane explosion and the amount of people who died, and it was just an absolute tragedy. Um, and it it was funny because when I first saw the news reports of it, it were flowing through my feed, whatever feed I was looking at. And I just saw this little tiny bit of uh, of smoke coming up because it was the beginning of the video and I didn't realize it, right? right? So they keep showing the beginning of the video and it's just a little bit of smoke. And I think, well, it doesn't look that big. And so I scrolled past it. <laughs> I didn't pay a lot of attention. <laughs> but it seriously is like the explosion in Akira. It's like a fucking nuclear weapon almost. It looks like it, you know, because it, it was... Yeah. Was three thousand tons or something of, of ammonium nitrate? Ammonium nitrate, and so it's just a fertilizer. It's what they blew the the uh, the federal building in Oklahoma up with, and so you know it's it's that kind of stuff, and it just explodes and and just detonated the whole area. But you know, little stuff like this happens during the week, and I just keep keep wondering: is it always this crazy, or is it just this year? And I feel like what happened is is we're in a sim. And someone just <laughs> last year decided, you know what I want to do? I want to I want to play on hard mode. So yeah. what I'm going to do is I'm going to restart it and I'm going to put everything on hard mode. And we're going to get a virus in here. We're going to have random explosions. We're going to have dudes who jump on top of trucks and beat them up. <laughs> we're going to just have it all. Is there anything we can just do it all? Uh, I moved all the sliders up one too just many. That's my, that, yeah, just a little up. too much. Dunk. Just a little too much, yeah. That explosion was... Insane, man. Bigger than bigger than any uh, conventional non-nuclear uh, weapon 
that, that I was reading. It's it's larger than the MOAB. You know that that uh, yeah. It, yeah. it's significantly like it's like massively larger. They said it's it was the largest ex- non nuclear explosion in recent history. Yeah. Just a it's massive. A, wait, all you have massive. to do is watch the video, and it's so intense. It's, it's crazy. so intense. People are people are miles away getting knocked down. That's it's that's what. It, nuts. I mean, it, it's insane the uh, the the damage and stuff that they do. And then you to to, to see the videos that are coming out afterwards because so many different people were filming from so many different angles. And then also people were doing other things. There's a a really uh, interesting video of high quality of this woman who's uh, getting her wedding pictures taken. Oh, and it's a I video of her getting her wedding pictures taken on on a gimbal. The person clearly has like a gimbal that they're they're <clears> doing this really pretty video. Beautiful woman in this gorgeous dress. And then you see everything shake. And this gimbal runs away to sort of see what's going on and comes back. And the bride and the groom are just running away. Just exploded all the windows nearby. The God pressure damn. wave just exploded everything. It's just a, it was such an intense explosion. And, and I from what I was reading, that country was already reeling because of coronavirus in a huge way. And so they're in a big, big, big bunch of problems now, especially with this destruction because it blew up one of the, I think one of their only ports, if not their only port. So it's just an, it's a mess. Well, did you hear like Trump almost immediately was like talking about it as an attack? There's yeah, no he, evidence yeah. at all yeah. that this is an attack of any kind. It, 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 from all the, everything I've read, it sounds like a Russian ship was confiscated yeah. like 10 plus years ago and has sat in a port and the Lebanese officials were like, Oh, it's super dangerous to have 2,700 tons yeah. of ammonium nitrate sitting on a shitty boat. They sent letters multiple times to yeah. try to get it out of there. And they, yeah, it was in a warehouse and they couldn't, they could never move it. And then, and it just, but yeah. like Trump, of course, immediately is just inventing facts. Yeah. Like that's yeah. the, that's the president we have. Like he's a guy who just jumps to a fucking conclusion and begins inventing facts. And immediately that's important because like, what does that tell you about his mindset? An explosion in the Middle East? That's an yep. attack. Yep. Yep. Right. Yeah. It's never an yeah. accident. It's always an attack. It's, it's, that's a guy who does not think first and verify first before yeah. acting on his impulses. Christopher Reeve, who was once paralyzed, claims that he can now stand. Thank you, everyone. To most people, this is just an ordinary fetus. But to people like me, it's hope. Tom, many celebrities have spoken out in protest of stem cell research, but after seeing this, how can they protest now? So this story is not something I thought I would read in my life. This is something from HuffPost. Roasted fetuses in luggage. You heard that right. Uh, Chow Hakken intended gold-leafed fetus, gold-leaf corpses for ritual, says what? cops. Gold-leafed? Yeah, they, I, like this is gold bronzing of roasted fetuses. Well, I didn't realize that. I thought you must really have to be a high level donor to Planned Parenthood to get those. <laughs> like, I feel like I it's, feel like the ones they send me are not gold leafed, you know, and that's that's upsetting to me. And this I, is actually I, like the Planned Parenthood uh, lucky rabbit's foot. Yeah, <laughs> it's on your keychain. <laughs> <laughs> just walk around and rub it once in a while to not get pregnant, Today, yeah, right? <laughs> oh man, it's like you, you and your, you and your significant other look over uh, and like look at the fucking. She's got him his earrings. 
You know, hey, <laughs> she's got them as earrings. Every once in a while, when she gets pregnant, you just pray to it so it aborts the fetus without having to go in. Oh uh, man, you're gonna, you're gonna have to get pregnant and abort that thing so we can like get a matching set. You know, you want the earrings, <laughs> necklace, like it just you want to get the whole wait, thing. Hang on, we're gonna shebang. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is um. This is fucking weird, man. So this is very much what it, <laughs> it sounds is. like. Yeah, it is. It's weird. It's That's admittedly, Roasted yeah. fetal corpses, uh, six of them, as a matter of fact, found in some guy's luggage. Uh, the bodies belong to fetuses between two and seven months old. Seven months? Wow. That's that's a lot of gold. At the that cost is- <laughs> of gold these days? <laughs> <laughs> and then they roast them. What? Uh, because you no. want a nice, they got to get a nutty flavor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, them, for sure. You know, yeah. uh, and you don't oh, need are, to braise they're them. Bi- they're, they're, they're kind of a bitch to clean, to be honest. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of meat on the bones yet. It's uh, hardly even worth the effort, but crispy. What, what is happening, Tom? Yeah, this is a bless is part of a black magic ritual um, called cumin thong. And I, I thought, know. like, that's the least sexy thong ever. Like it a really roasted is. fetus it thong. It really is. Well, yeah. a cumin one, too. Roasted <laughs> cumin. Sorry. So it means golden child and tie. The preserved bodies are thought to bring good golden fortune child. to the owner. Golden child. That's a that's an Eddie Murphy movie. Eddie Murphy movie. movie. Yeah. I, I, I want the knife. Yeah, I remember that movie. That was a great movie. Yeah. I love it because it is very much like Lucky Rabbit's foot. It's supposed to bring good luck. Like not to him though. I mean, what, he had yeah. a bunch and he got arrested. What the fuck? That's well, a terrible lucky charm. <laughs> <laughs> it is very much like a lucky rabbit's foot. I remember like, do you remember when they sold lucky rabbit's feet in like uh, the quarter machines when we were kids? The I do. I, yeah. Yeah. And I don't think they were real rabbit's feet, but like, I remember I wanted one cause I told my dad they were good luck. I was little and stupid. And my dad's like, well, I wasn't that lucky for the rabbit. You know, that was his <laughs> joke. But it's like, <laughs> it's true. It's it true. Is. It's like, true. The rabbit's looking at you like, you cut it off. All my luck is leaking out now. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I'm a three-legged rabbit. Now I look like a dick. Now I just look like uh, a dick. <laughs> and it's so fast. It just goes in circles. Just keeps on running in circles after that. Uh, How's he going to bend Fudd's gun up without the exactly, other foot? Like, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. That's just so fucking bizarre. They sell for $200,000 in time money. Um, or $6,376 oh, okay. in regular. I was going to say, God. So I guess you can get a roasted golden fetus for about about half of a used Honda Civic, it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird story, man. God. It's so bizarre. How weird is that? <laughs> There's got to be a moment in your life, Cecil, where you're the guy roasting fetuses. And you're like, <laughs> man. You're the- I got to get a new job. Yeah. You're the line cook at Planned Parenthood and you're just shaking your head. I don't want to do this anymore. Why am I doing this? They always want these things well done. (laughs) Fucking Neanderthals out there. (laughs) Medium rare fetus is where it's at. It's tender. You're letting all the juices. Uh, All the juices. (laughs) Don't squish it. Don't squish it. Come on. Stay the fuck at home. Stay the fuck at home. Don't you be a fucking dick. Please stay the fuck at home. Stay the fuck at home. Sister, it comes from Reuters. Uh, Cuban dons full body cardboard shield against coronavirus. <laughs> That's amazing, dude. That's amazing. <laughs> the video is the best thing ever. This uh, guy is wearing just boxes. He's got like a box fort from when you were a kid. 
Like, remember, like, when you were a kid, you get, like, a bunch of boxes. Like, somebody would, like, throw out, like, a big appliance box. And you're like, oh, yeah. And this dude is just walking around in a giant car. There's a woman, actually, walking check, around yeah. in yeah. a giant cardboard box. <laughs> <laughs> to protect the from the virus. So the box, I got to describe it. So the box has... It's it's a box that's just a normal regular box, but with a big slit in the front, and then armholes in the side. Yeah. <laughs> so it looks like a looks like an old timey nineteen fifties robot. Yeah. But then my favorite part of the article is at the end. It says on top she glued cake boxes to make it look more like a house with a roof than a flat topped apartment <laughs> building. <laughs> Well, that is, it goes with her slogan on the box because Cuba's coronavirus slogan is stay at home. And so her yeah. slogan on the box is, I am at home. What about you? <laughs> what about you? It's yeah. a mobile home. <laughs> it's so funny looking. It uh, is, what I love too is the creativeness. Sometimes there's some really funny stories out there about, uh, about the creativeness that people are doing. I saw a video this week that just made me die laughing. And it was a guy, um, he's an online professor or something, and I'm not sure exactly who he is, but someone had, one of his students, I guess, or something had made a mask of his face, the lower part of his face. And so he bought one on Etsy or whatever. Oh, it's amazing. And he put it on his face and the whole time he's crying, laughing, <laughs> looking at himself because because it's like 20% bigger than the rest <laughs> of his face. And so he looks all out of proportion and weird and hilarious. And so he can't even form a sentence with this mask on because he keeps seeing himself in the recording and he's dying laughing. And I think there's some really funny moments that are coming out of this. And this is one of those moments, one of those hilarious moments where someone's creative and funny about it. And like, I mean, it, it does look like this person is taking like real precautions. Like it's not like yeah. total bullshit. Like, and they're, they're saying like, it's also a nod to the lack of PPE, you know? So like when people don't have access to like actual personal protection equipment, like they have to improvise. And like, if you yeah. got to improvise, people got to shop. Like they got to get yeah. food. Yeah. They got to go out. Yeah. Fuck me in the ass because I love Jesus. The good Lord would want it that way. Give me that sweet sensation of a throbbing rationalization. It's just between you and me. Because everyone knows it's the sex that God can't see. This feels like one you just got to read, Tom. I think so. Uh, Brazilian mayor suggests COVID-19 treatment Using rectal ozone application. Okay. And if you like rectal ozone, you can go to adamandeve.com, <laughs> type in Gloria at checkout. You'll get 50% off almost any item and free shipping. Gloria at checkout. So the mayor of the Brazilian city of, nope, not going to pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, don't try that. Some guy said Monday the city would offer rectal ozone therapy for patients with COVID-19. Caliente. How long has this guy been waiting to be like, <laughs> finally? <laughs> I have He's, been wanting to do this for so long. He's standing outside of his his rectal ozone therapy place with <laughs> giant scissors and a ribbon. He's just ready to cut. He's like, here we go. Fine. My wife's not into this, but I can yeah. find somebody who's going to be a taker. <laughs> the city already provides uh, Iverimestatin and camphor as preventative options. I'm sure I mispronounced it. I'm sorry. Also, the antibiotic azithromycin is offered as a treatment for infected patients. According to the mayor, who's also a doctor, ozone should be applied to the anus of symptomatic patients of COVID-19 a few minutes a day in different sessions. <laughs> what oh, do you geez. mean in different sessions? How's it applied? What yeah, are these, right. a paintbrush? Like, what's happening Okay, there? so this is a little unconventional. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the ozone on my dick. Yeah. <laughs> and then 
I know it seems like I'm fucking you in the ass. That's, I know that's what it seems like I'm suggesting is that I'm going to fuck your ass. But what I'm, this is an ozone apple. I'm a doctor. God okay. damn it. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm a doctor. Right. I'm wearing a mask while I do it. Second option, I can put it on your ass and eat your ass. Which would you prefer? <laughs> I could spread it I on put there on my like peanut butter. Your ass. <laughs> I could spread it on there like peanut butter and then just eat it. Well, I got to press it in somehow. Right. Like, yeah. It's not going to, it's not just going to go in on its own. Oh, yeah. What do you, do you even know medicine? <laughs> what is who happening? is the doctor here and who's the one who needs ozone up their asshole? <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> I've heard my, it says, my asshole smell like a fucking yeah. toy train engine. What's going on? I've, I've heard I've heard of uh, like sun, sunshine up your ass, but never ozone <laughs> up your ass. What, what do you do to combat it? Do you just spray old timey cleansers up in there or let release some freon <laughs> up your ass to get rid of it to counteract it? How do you counteract the ozone in your ass? I wonder. Can there be global warming in your ass? <laughs> I mean, I wonder how this works. Okay, so first we got to kind of rub around the area for a little while. That's to get the ozone layer prepped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then the hole in the ozone layer will expand yeah. as the it gets more comfortable. We love the hole in the ozone layer. That's my favorite part. Yeah. It is a simple, quick application of two to three minutes a day. It will probably be a rectal application. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, well. Which is a very, very fast. <laughs> <laughs> very fast. I don't need a lot of time. I don't need a lot of your time. With a thin catheter. <laughs> well, hey, thin is relative. It's hey. thin in comparison to other things. It's thick in comparison to other things. You know, so, if, that's, if that's your direction of choice, maybe thin is a good thing in this yeah. circumstance, right? Like... <laughs> Yeah, who the hell wants a bulldozer-sized catheter? <laughs> Nobody wants that. Uh, it helps very much in the positive cases of coronavirus. <laughs> the best line of the, the best line is the last line. The treatment has no proven effectiveness <laughs> against the new coronavirus. Dude is just like, no, man, I got to try this. I got a plan. All right. Uh, uh, here's the thing. You're sick. For no other reason, I'm gonna need to play with your asshole for a little yeah. while. That's. <laughs> All right, so you should have, if you sent a message in, you should have uh, gotten a response from Ian, patrons, uh, with an apology. If you did not get that response from Ian, send a message to us on Patreon. Ian should respond to it, and he should say a very heartfelt sorry to all those people that he forgot to mention your name a couple weeks ago. So uh, we are going to keep mentioning names because uh, because people keep becoming patrons. And we can't thank you enough for doing that, um, especially in these very, very difficult times. We really do truly appreciate uh, the security that we know we can pay next month's rent on the yeah. <laughs> studio. So thank you. <laughs> and the landlord and Ian yeah. appreciate thank that as well, much. guys. Yeah. 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 And if you enjoy the commercials, uh, Ian doesn't work for free, it turns out. So he doesn't do this out of the kindness of his own heart. So uh so Which we agree is right. Yeah, which which we genuinely, yeah. And so uh and if you can't support the show monetarily, be sure to uh use our sponsor, adamandeve.com. Gloria checkout. Uh they are a great sponsor of the show and they also pay for Ian. So <laughs> wanna thank our patrons though, Aaron and Phil BK, Mac and Cheese Yummy AA, Mia. Gabriel, the dingo that took your baby, Trent, Timothy, Nick, Shane, and Socratic Samurai. Thank you very much for your generous donations. We really do truly appreciate it. Um, if you want to become a patron, you can always go to dissonancepod.com and uh, there's a, a link there or you can go to 
patreon.com slash dissonance pod and you can become a, a patron on a per episode basis to help us produce the show. Uh, we got a couple messages in the last couple weeks where people are saying they hate Patreon, they want to leave. Um, is there any other way that you can support the show? Yes, on our on our website, you can support the show with, with PayPal. We have a PayPal donate button, but I do want to warn you, we only post our content, our extra content to Patreon. And the reason why we do that is because uh, the amount of bookkeeping that it would take to follow everybody who donates Ugh. and make a decision on, on how that works and, oh, this person donated so they get something and then they stopped donating so they didn't. All that stuff, all that bookkeeping is handled Nightmare. by Patreon and that's how we can't, we just don't have the resources to do it anywhere else. No. Patreon makes it easy for us to allow other use, other listeners to have access to content that they that they donated for. And so that's why we use Patreon so that you guys get something out of the deal. If you don't like Patreon, I don't know what to tell you because we only have one place that our stuff is. So uh, so I'm sorry that we can't accommodate, but there's it's really an accounting issue. It's really just genuinely a work issue when we don't have enough uh, energy or time to put into uh, individually sending things out to people. We got a message from, uh, this is from Steve and Steve let us know that he wanted to shit on our joke a little, Tom. We were talking last week yeah. about 30 <laughs> liters of shitty Steve with 30 liters back. of jizz, horse jizz. And he said, I just don't want, I just want to let you know that I think that the, the, the container was liquid nitrogen, 30 liter container, not that it contained 30 liters of horse jizz. <laughs> I like to think it contains 30 liters of, of, of blended horse jizz, but that's up to you. It's up to you. Well, we did get another email from somebody who let us know that the uh, amount of ejaculate from a horse <laughs> yes, ranges. It does. And like, like the high end range was something like a half a liter. That is a lot of jizz, bro. Holy that's shit. Like, that's like a whole bukkake party. Dude, that is a wet spot that is like no one's sleeping there. You can't, like that's like your your you boil your sheet. Your champagne glass overfloweth. That's what <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Overfloweth. That is foul. That is half, a half a liter. Half a liter. Jesus. Do you do it on ice or what do you do? I don't know. <laughs> uh, the next question we got. This is from Alexa, yep. and Alexa asks. If allowed to use only one utensil for all future meals, would you select the fork or the spoon? Tom, go. I got to go fork, man. Yeah, I'm with you. I got to go fork. I'm yeah, my wife and I got into it on this a little bit. Like, I, it's fork for me. She's like, how are you going to eat cereal and soup? I, just, I was like, I don't I'll, eat cereal. No, I, I, if I have a bowl, I can eat it. <laughs> I'll, just, <laughs> I'll just hold it up to my mouth and drink it. I, I'll be okay. The bowl facilitates automatically, sloppily, don't get me wrong, yeah, sloppily right. and disgustingly facilitates drinking all or, you know, scooping whatever it is that's that's semi-solid into your mouth. The fork is necessary because what are you going to do with a steak? I thought a steak was my yeah. example too. Like I, you gotta hold the steak down, like press it down with your spoon yeah. and saw it into spoon yeah. chunks. Eat a, eat a turkey. I'm not doing eat that. Eat a turkey drumstick with a spoon. Show me how that's done. <laughs> right. So I, I'm, I was like, if I'm eating something out of a bowl, like I can eat that in the dark in the shame. Yeah. That's how cereal is meant exactly, to be. Exactly. Exactly. Like <laughs> I was thinking the other day when I was eating cherries, I was thinking, you know. If you haven't stood over the garbage can with a handful of cherries in your hand, <laughs> spitting the pits spitting into, the, the into the garbage can, 
you're a liar because I know you've done it. I know you've done it. Everybody has stood over the garbage can with a, either a bag or a handful of cherries. You eat one, you blah, 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 flush that fucking the seed out of the center. You tie the stem into a knot with your tongue and then you spit them both out. Into <laughs> okay. The, yeah. All right. I don't know, quite have the skills for the last one, but bravo. <laughs> Got a message. Um, Someone said in an image of a cowspunk fan <laughs> posted on this. Yeah, thing. okay, I, that's real. I don't know. I don't know if I want to post it in the show notes because it has a it has a it has a license plate on. So I won't post it. But they did post. They did send us a message with a cowspunk fan, <laughs> and it has like in the logo. It has a little swimming. It does. Sperm. It does. <laughs> All right. Got a message from this is from Macy. Macy, let us know that Amazon Smile has several different charities: Trevor Project, Camp Quest, ACLU. Uh, WYOAIDS is in there, Good Thinking Society. It gets better and modest needs. Uh, so if you have to buy from the ultra evil conglomerate that is Amazon, go to Amazon Smile and use Amazon Smile and that might help you uh, <laughs> alleviate um, you know, you sitting up all night hugging your knees because you had to give Jeff Bezos money. Uh, we got a message from Elvis. And Elvis says, doesn't anybody know how mail-in ballots work? Like this, every ballot is received and matched up with a voter registration card, which is indi- which is updated to indicate Joe Schmo voted in the November 2020 election. No significant difference from what they do in person. That's exactly right. It's no, there's, there's no difference. And did you see in this Jonathan yeah, Swann interview what he's talking about, about this. a dog got in a, a fucking ballot? Did you hear that shit? Yeah, what do you mean? It's not. It's just not true. There's never anything to verify any of that shit. And like Jonathan Swan pushes back pretty hard. He's like, no, they're not. They're not sending out ballots. Yeah, they're sending out they're applications. Sending out applications. Yeah. You have to they're apply. Sending out ballots. Yeah. That's I just stop lying. I just applied and was approved for voting in Illinois. And I would. I uh, to be honest, part of me doesn't even need to do it. I'm only doing it to piss Trump off. I'm doing it to make him. I want him to be mad that I, that there's going to be X amount of, of vote by mail stuff in Illinois. I'm I'm happy that he'll be upset by that. I'm happy that yeah. that will that will just tweak him just a little, just to just tweak his little. nipple a little. Just uh, we got a bunch of different messages about whether the stinky jizz tree, what it is. Someone says it's ginkgo. Another uh, another couple people say it's linden trees. They also sent a Mitchell and Webb sketch that we will post on this week's show notes. Uh, yeah, so evidently there's a bunch of different trees that smell like jizz. So just, yeah, yeah when you go out, just make sure you, uh, you, every time you get near a tree, just get on your knees. That's all you need to do. <laughs> there's also a pear yeah. tree that smells they like this, smell, the calorie they pear. They all smell like jizz, I guess. It's all five calories. <laughs> uh, someone asked us about uh, the bumper music we play at the end. Um, they ask, uh, and specifically the one that that happens right before uh, we go to the email section. That is uh, from a Garage Band. That came from Garage Band. That's something I got when we were doing Everyone's a Critic years ago, yeah. and I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, I just found a thing that sounded like, hey, we should transition now. And so that's what it is. Um, actually, there was a FAQ page, and I don't know if it's available on our site anywhere. Maybe go to dissonancepod.com slash FAQ and see if that works. Um, but uh, but there was an FAQ that listed a ton of stuff, and that was uh, specifically in there. All those different bumpers that I use were actually linked. All right, so that's going to wrap it up. We want to thank Seth Andrews for joining us. Uh, you can check out his new book uh, in the show notes. We'll put links 
uh, to buying his book on, uh, hopefully if it's out on Audible, if not uh, on Amazon and other places, uh, it's Confessions of a Fox News Christian. We hope that uh, we hope that you enjoy it. We hope you, that you buy it. Uh, Seth's a friend of the show, so uh, so check his book out. I'm sure it's uh, riveting and uh, and a great read. Uh, but you can check his show out too, uh, The Thinking Atheist, and uh, you can check out all his stuff at SethAndrews.com. All that stuff will be in the show notes this week, but we want to thank Seth for joining us. Great guy and a great guest every Absolutely. time. And, uh, and that is going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, be sure to check out our live streams, 9 p.m. Central. Uh, there uh, A lot of people are showing up and we're having a great time, so check them out. Uh, we'll be there next week, 9 p.m. Central. So uh, so come hang out with us. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up for this week. We're going to leave you like we always do with the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death in towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques, and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and information provided on this podcast are intended for entertainment purposes only. All opinions are solely that of Glory Hole Studios, LLC. Cognitive dissonance makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, currentness, suitability, or validity of any information and will not be liable for any errors, damages, or butthurt arising from consumption. All information is provided on an as-is basis. No refunds. Produced in association with the local Dairy Council and viewers like you.